to work out. You enjoy working out. You want to raise your hand? We've got some healthy people today. How many of you just die and sweat at the thought of even working out? Okay, about half of you. So we got half of you got to work on. So uh, I'm actually pleased. I, I, it gives me joy when I see like on Facebook, some of the people in our church partaking in like exercise and stuff and running. We had yesterday who ran a half marathon god bless them and uh, like last week two who ran through a bunch of mud and obstacles and there's pictures on facebook with these crazy faces and stuff and uh, they did this thing called a savage race i just love watching it's just great and i enjoy working out sometimes and uh, so it just depends but this is what i've, I've discovered about working out there's de- lots of different ways that you can work out you can run, you can do cardio, you can do weights, you can, you know, do stretching. You, there's lots of different ways to work out. However, depending on what kind of workout you do, you have to learn how to breathe. So, this is a little education for you, and someone's going to correct me on this, I know, this morning, because somebody always does when I try to give advice. But, if you try to work out by lifting weights, right? If you work out by lifting weights, this is what you do. You inhale on the rest and you exhale on the stretch or you, or you exhale where you are actually lifting the weight. And if you do that when you work out, then that will help your muscles be shaped to their maximum potential. So you inhale on the rest and then you exhale when you do the lift. So these are dumbbells. Everyone knows what a dumbbell is. This is like the latest craze right now. It's called a kettlebell. Has anyone ever done a kettlebell workout at all? Anybody? Wow, look at you guys. Kettlebells are awesome. I love them. Except for when you do in the living room and you let go of it and it goes through your TV. You know, and so hasn't happened to me yet, but it could do maybe one day. But these are awesome because it feels like you're hardly working out. And then the next day you wake up and you can't even fill your butt because you've done so many squats and it's kind of crazy. But it's the same thing. You inhale on the rest and you exhale on the lift. So that's when you are lifting weights. However, when you are doing yoga, anyone like to do yoga here this morning? Anyone? Some of you. i got a confession to make. I love doing yoga, right? I love it. I'm not going to show it to you. No one's ever going to see me do a downward facing dog, so don't worry about that this morning. But I actually like doing yoga because I have a lot of issues with uh, I'm not very flexible and it helps me stretch and stuff like this. And so, but what happens with yoga? Yoga is different when you uh, than lifting weights. With yoga, you actually exhale on 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 the rest and you inhale on the hold or the stretch. So it's different. So it's the opposite way around. And so what happens if you try to do yoga and breathe the same way you do weights, it's not going to work out very well. And if you try to lift weight and breathe the same way you would breathe if you were doing yoga, it's not going to work out very well. And so you learn to breathe differently. So we've got lifting weights, we've got yoga. Now this is the worst workout ever, I hate it, swimming. These are my son's little goggles. He will not get in the swimming pool without goggles. I don't know why, but uh, he loves them. So I've always been a real terrible swimmer, uh, but, and this is why. I have not figured out how to breathe properly when I swim. 
So like you put your head in the water and you're supposed to like lift your head and like take a gasp of air and hold it, swim a little bit more, let out, take it in. And I just haven't mastered it because I always have like a lung full of water after the end and stuff. But you breathe differently. So you learn to breathe differently as you are swimming. If you are running, if you are running, you learn to actually do a rhythm of breathing while you are running. And so there's different techniques to, to, to breathing depending on the workouts. Sometimes if you just want to relax, what do you do? You take a deep breath, right? So different techniques, different ways of breathing. And just as when we exercise, we learn different methods of breathing to give our workout the maximum effect, the same is true for our spiritual journey. We need to learn how to spiritually breathe. And there is a way that our spiritual, just as our physical bodies breathe, there is a way that our spiritual bodies need to breathe and we should learn the different techniques in how to breathe in our spiritual bodies. See, we can do whatever we want and just try to live this journey of faith and just carry on and, and, and go through the highs and lows of life and, and, and try to face it. But if you learn how to spiritually breathe, you will be able to face those obstacles, whether they're highs or lows, much better, much easier than if you were unable to spiritually breathe. So there are different techniques of how to breathe through the spiritual highs and lows of life. Breathe so that our faith can be maximized. Breathe also that we can catch our breath and we don't get exhausted with life. Now throughout this series, we are going to get our spiritual dumbbells out and we are going to learn how as we go through life, and we go through the tensions of life and the strains of life and the highs and lows of life. We're going to learn how we do that when we go through that, how to breathe spiritually along the way. So there's a scripture that is going to tie this whole series together. And it's a scripture that basically summarizes this whole series, and it's found in the book of Job. For those of you who know your Bible, you know that Job went through some really tough times. Really tough times, so much so that most of us would have just given up, lose all hope. But this is what Job said in verse 33 and, uh, sorry, in chapter 33 and verse 4. And this is a man who has learned how to breathe through different situations of life. And this is what he says. For the Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. So let me say that again. This is what Job says. He says, for the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life. That's what Job says. And so everything that we're going to talk about around this series is going to be off this. That the breath of the almighty God gives us life. So we need to know and learn how to take in the breath of God. Just as your body takes in the oxygen that is around, we have to learn to take in the breath of the almighty that gives us life. And so throughout this series, we're going to base all that we teach on uh, and, the, and the things that we're going to learn around the practices that Jesus shows us and Jesus lived through 
as Jesus walked this earth. See, Jesus shows us different ways that he, he shows us how to spiritually breathe through different circumstances in life. How, and we will study how Jesus did that, how Jesus took deep spiritual breaths so he could face different circumstances in life. And so the first one that we're going to look at today is found in the book of Luke chapter 4. Book of Luke chapter, four, sorry, Luke chapter 2, I apologize. Luke chapter 2. So your Bibles, you want to turn to Luke chapter 2. Now, for those of you who think, who love all things Christmas, because Christmas isn't that far away, oh no. Luke chapter 2 is all about the Christmas story, right? So we think Luke chapter 2 is the birth of Jesus, and we got all excited because it means, you know, Christmas is here, and, and we have to buy lots of presents. But... If you carry on a little bit later in that chapter, we get past the Christmas story and then we see a really unique story that most people probably would pass over and wouldn't even take much notice of. And this is what this story is. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to start reading at verse 41. It says, Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. And when he didn't show up that evening, they started to look around for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, Jesus asked, like a 12-year-old. Like, what's the deal, people? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house, Jesus said? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with all people. So this story here is the only surviving true documentation that we have of Jesus' life from when Jesus was born, and then Jesus was like a toddler, and then the Magi came and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So he's like a little toddler. This is the only story between that and then Jesus being 30 years old. So we have about 29, 28 years of Jesus' life that we have no idea what happened in his life. This is the only story that the Bible documents that happens in that gap of 28, 29 years. Now, there are other gospel accounts, as I, I would say, out there. Different stories, different people who wrote things about Jesus that never made it into the Bible. And some of them, uh, that there was various different reasons why they didn't make it. A lot of them, they just didn't know if it was true. And there's some stories out there. There are some Gospels that are kind of uh, uh, interesting and humorous about some of the things that Jesus did when he was a kid. Like Jesus did all this like miracle stuff, like it was magic. 
And, uh, and, and there's some stories out there that, that Jesus chained like colors of linens and all that sort of stuff. And, and, and there's amazing stories that you just know that just really wouldn't have been Jesus. And so they never made it to scripture. So this is the only true documentation that we have of Jesus' life between when Jesus was a toddler and the Magi come and bring in gifts and Jesus being 30 years old and then start being the, the teacher and the rabbi and the miracle working person that he was. So this story is interesting. The story goes like this. Jesus' parents lived in the region of Galilee. They lived in a little village or a little town called Nazareth. Now, Galilee was the region. Nazareth was the little town. And Galilee was known for being a strict uh, religious place. Lots of rabbis and teachers, uh, uh, religious teachers, came from Galilee. It, it was almost like the Bible Belt of Judah at the time. So where Jerusalem was more like the East Coast or the West Coast. Then Galilee was more like Missouri or Kansas. Okay? So these people, they followed the letter of the law. Now, one of the, uh, one of the teachings of the law was that, that uh, of Israel, the Jews, should make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem once a year to go and celebrate Passover. Well, mo most people in Judah and, uh, and in the areas, they, they, they didn't follow that teaching anymore, but the people of Galilee, they did. And so Jesus' parents, every single year, went to Jerusalem when it was Passover. Now, Jerusalem was about a three-day journey on foot. And so it seemed like the whole town and all their friends and their relatives, they went to Jerusalem for Passover. So Jesus had been exposed to this from an early age. This was probably his 12th or 13th Passover that he was celebrating in Jerusalem. Now, the Bible says that Jesus at the time was 12 years old. Now, that is important to realize he was 12 years old. There's a reason why I believe it tells us he was 12 years old. His age is important. That is one year before a Jewish boy becomes of age. And when a Jewish boy becomes of age, the Jewish boy has to take on his own responsibility for following the law of Moses. It is a year before his bar mitzvah, if they had bar mitzvahs in those days and they don't believe that Bar Mitzvahs went back that far to Jesus' time. But still, the age of 13 was the age where a boy would become a man. And this is important because this is happening when Jesus is still a boy, not a man. This story shows us that even while we are still developing in life, we still can learn to spiritually breathe. And so if you are pretty new in the faith, if you haven't been walking on this faith journey for very long, then this is a great story for you. Because even though while you are still developing in your faith and developing in the journey of faith that you are on, you can still learn, like Jesus will show us, how to spiritually breathe in different circumstances in life. So this is what happens. They go and celebrate the Passover. Then they all get back into their caravans, not a VW caravan, not a Dodge Grand Caravan, 
but like a horse and a cart. They're called caravans. And they all loaded up and they all started on their journey. And they all started walking back to Galilee, three days journey. And there was a ton of them. There was all their friends and the family. And that night, Jesus' parents look at and they're like, uh-oh, where's Jesus? They'd realize Jesus has got all home alone on them, right? And so... They're looking around, where is Jesus? Suddenly, the anguish within them. Suddenly, the fright that their child is not there. Mary and Joseph start looking around, start searching, start asking everyone, have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Jesus? Let me tell you, this is a comforting story for a parent. If you are a parent who has ever forgotten your child, and I'm sure we have parents here, If Mary, the mother of Jesus, who some aspects of the Christian faith almost put her as God level, can forget Jesus, the Son of God, then if you leave little Johnny at Chuck E. Cheese and you forget all about him when you get home, it's okay. You don't have to feel as guilty. Mary did it, right? So they forget Jesus, and suddenly they start rushing back. So it's been that night. So they've been traveling for a day. They run back and they get back to Jerusalem. So now it's about a day and a half, maybe even two days, Jesus has been missing. And they start going all around the city and they start looking in the places where they've been. They start retracing their steps. They start asking the authorities, have you seen this little boy? Uh, His name is Jesus. And they're going around everywhere and they can't find him. And the panic sets in. What has happened to my boy? I don't know about you, but as a parent, I could not imagine. Like, if I'm at the mall and I lose sight of my son for five minutes, I'm like, where is he? I couldn't, couldn't imagine three days of not being able to find your son. And suddenly they turn to the temple. And they walk into the temple, and there's all these religious leaders, and there is their little boy, Jesus, right in the middle of them. And what is he doing? If it was me at 12 years old, I'd probably be crying. I know some friends at 12 years old probably would have been up to no good. But what was Jesus doing? The Bible says Jesus was listening to the religious teachers and he was asking questions. Jesus was showing us how to spiritually breathe when other people are present. For this is what Jesus is showing us. Jesus is showing us the spiritual practice of talking scripture. The spiritual practice of talking scripture. Have you ever wondered why Luke put this story in the Bible? Have you ever read a story in the Bible like, why is that there? Sometimes I think, like, why, 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 why did God even allow this to be in the Bible? And this is one of the stories, like, like what, what does it even matter? I mean, what does this really show us about Jesus and what Jesus did for us? But there was a reason why Luke allowed this to be in his gospel, in his, in his biography of Jesus. Because Luke is showing us a pattern here. This pattern starts at 12 years old. That Jesus is there and he is discussing scripture with other people. And he's talking about the kingdom of God. And he's talking about the things of God. And he's talking about the law of God. And he's listening intently and he's asking questions. The Bible says they were astounded with his understanding. They were amazed at how much he understood. 
But Luke is showing us a pattern. The next thing that we hear from Luke about Jesus after this story is Jesus is now 30 years old. Jesus goes down to the River Jordan where John the Baptist is and Jesus gets baptized and then this crazy thing happened like the heavens opened and a dove came out and it said, this is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. And then Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit and Jesus goes into the wilderness and he doesn't eat for 40 days. He gets tempted by the devil and then he comes out from the wilderness and this is what Luke tells us about Jesus. In Luke chapter 4, verses 14 to 15, it says this. After Jesus had been tempted, Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. He taught regularly in their synagogues. And was praised by everyone. Before Luke even gets into the teachings of Jesus. Before we hear about any of the miracles of Jesus. Before we even realize that he truly is the son of God. He truly is God in the form of man. Luke is very intentional in telling us this is what Jesus was doing. Jesus was regularly teaching at the synagogue. Luke is showing us from an early age, Jesus learned the practice, a spiritual breathing practice, a technique that allows, as Joe put it, the Almighty to breathe life into us. And this is what I call talking scripture. When Jesus is 12 years old, sitting at the temple, he is listening, he's asking questions. What's going on? A conversation is going on. He is conversing about the things of God. Then at the age of 30, he's in the synagogue teaching. Now, when we see that, we think like Western style teaching, right? Like lecture kind of teaching. Kind of like what we're doing this morning. Like you listen, I talk, right? I mean, that's kind of how in the Western world we teach a lot of the times. Lecture kind of teaching. But a first century synagogue was very different. See, what would happen in a first century synagogue, then people, the way they would teach, they would bring up a subject and then they would start an open discussion about it. They would start a a debate about it. People would ask questions. People would listen. There would be this dialogue that went on. See, a first century synagogue looked a lot more like a church small group than it did a church Sunday morning service. See, regularly as they went to the synagogue, they were practicing the spiritual principle of discussing Scripture, talking Scripture, talking about the things of God together. Questions and answers. See, you can go for a swim. And you can be, have the strongest shoulders. You can have the, the most biggest biceps. You can have big, strong legs that can act like flippers for days. But unless you learn how to breathe when you swim, you won't be able to swim for very long. 
And on this journey of faith, you can have all the knowledge you want. You, you can do all the right things. You can live the most perfect life. But unless we learn how to breathe in accordance with that, the way that God wants us to spiritually breathe, we won't be able to last very long. And in the same way as a swimmer has to learn to breathe, the spiritual practice of talking scripture, what you find, it will, you'll start to learn that it will fill your soul with the breath of the Almighty that will sustain you through all seasons of life. See, this was a practice for Jesus throughout. When Jesus was in the wilderness and the devil starts coming to tempt him, this is what Jesus did. He starts talking scripture. And the devil flees from him. And then when Jesus is going around teaching about the kingdom of God, people start coming and questioning him. Who are you to say this? And Jesus starts using scripture to describe who he he is. And then when his disciples came to him and they were like, well, teach us about this, about the kingdom of God. Teach us to pray. Teach us to heal. Teach us to do this. What should we do in this situation? This is what Jesus did. He always turned it back to scripture. And he used scripture to speak into the situation. See, what happened through all seasons of Jesus' life, Jesus started to use Scripture to get him through those seasons, to help him in those conversations. The words of Scripture became second nature to Jesus because talking Scripture had become second nature for him from an early age. This is what I know, and this is why we want to talk about this morning. This is what I've learned in my life. When I talk about God with the people of God, God shows up. I'll say that again. This is what I've learned in my life. When I talk about God with the people of God, God always shows up. And let me tell you, when God shows up, incredible things happen. I'll give you an example. The summer of 2009. Summer of 2009 was a summer I will never forget. It was pre-kid, so we had lots of time on our hand. My wife and myself spent that summer almost every night on our deck talking scripture. We started talking about the things of God and the kingdom of God and the things of Jesus. We started talking about how, where we're seeing God in our culture and where we see the need for God in our culture. And as we started talking throughout that summer, it just became like this breath of fresh air within us. It's like our lungs were filled. And suddenly as we started talking, we felt God started to speak to us. And this is what God was starting to say to us. I want you to start a church. Where people who are far away from God and people who have no place to belong and people who are just fed up with church can come and find a family and find a home. And as we, the more we started to talk, the more God started to talk to us. See, this is what was happening. We were talking about God with each other and God showed up. And I will never forget that summer-long conversation where Generation Church was birthed out of. If you want to hear God speak, one of the best ways to do that is start talking about God with other people. 
Start talking about the kingdom of God and the things of God and the things of Jesus with other people. When I look back on that summer, there are times I long to have the time to take a deep breath and talk scripture like that again. See, sometimes life is so busy. Sometimes life is so noisy, it's so hectic, that it's almost impossible to find that moment to talk scripture with someone else. But unless we do that in our lives, we will become like a swimmer who fails to take a breath. We won't be able to last that long. There's another story in the Bible that before we close, I want to share with you that highlights this. It's found in Luke chapter 24. Now Luke chapter 24, Jesus has died and rose again. Luke 24 is all about the resurrection of Jesus. And so Jesus has rose from the dead. And some people believe it. Some people don't. Some people have seen him. Most people have not. And then this is what happens in Luke chapter 24, verse 13. It said, that same day when Jesus rose from the dead, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. So they were talking about the kingdom of God, and they were talking about Jesus and the death of Jesus and all this that had happened. And then it says this in verse uh, 15. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. Jesus suddenly came and began walking with them. They didn't even realize what they were doing, but they were taking on the spiritual practice of talking scripture. They were talking about God and what happens when we talk about God. God shows up and Jesus showed up and they didn't realize it was Jesus. So they're talking around and then Jesus starts them. They get to a house, they start to break bread and then Jesus starts to break bread and they're like, hold on, this looks a little like Jesus here. And then this is what happens, verse 32. Then they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told of their story of how Jesus appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had, uh, they had recognized him as he was breaking bread. And just as they were telling about it, so they were talking about Jesus again, Jesus himself suddenly standing there, was suddenly standing there among them. And then this is what Jesus said. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. So this is what happens. When you talk about God with the people of God, God shows up. There's three things that happen when you talk about God. The first one is this, Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up like he did on the road to Emmaus. Jesus shows up. The second thing is this. Our hearts start to burn with passion for the kingdom of God. See, you, 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 you can do whatever you want to try to rekindle that flame within you for the kingdom of God or for the things of God. If your heart has gone cold towards God, one of the best ways for your heart to start to burn with passion again is to start to talk with people about Jesus. For the people, the two guys on the road of Emmaus, they said, our hearts are starting to burn with passion. 
And then the third thing that happens when you start talking about God and when Jesus shows up, you receive peace. And some of you this morning, you need the peace of God. I have a friend, Patty, who's found out that she has breast cancer. And I only just found out this last week. She has not been herself for the last few weeks. And I saw her last night. And as I just started telling her, hey, Patty, I'm praying for you. You could just see the tears roll down her eyes. She is so scared, so petrified of what this small, tiny little bit of cancer in her breast is going to do to her. There is no peace at all. You can tell it in her face. And I just wanted to hug her and tell her, get close to Jesus. Because when you get close to Jesus, there is peace. And when we talk scripture, Jesus shows up. And when Jesus shows up, our hearts burn with passion and we receive peace. This is what I know. We're good at talking politics. We're good at talking politics. Well, actually, we're even better at talking sports. Well, most of us. We talk a lot about nothing on Facebook. And sometimes we find ourselves talking about things that we should not be talking about. However, we rarely take time to talk about the Lord, to delve into what the scriptures say. But when we do that, our lives are changed. And I know our futures are blessed. And this is one of two reasons why we have small groups here at Generation Church. And why we would like to see everybody partake in the spiritual practice of talking scripture whether that's in a small group and that we create that environment to do that, or whether it's just over coffee with with a friend or your spouse or or, or somebody else that, that you may know. So this is what happens. It is good when we commit ourselves to each other and we walk with each other and we lift each other up and we pray for one another. But when we start to talk about Jesus, then Jesus shows up. And I wonder this morning, how many of you, you just want Jesus to show up in your life. You want Jesus to show up in your life. And if that's you, then you need to learn to inhale the breath of the Almighty and find someone to talk scripture with. So this week, our small groups begin, as Josh said. And this is what's going to happen. Some of you are going to join a small group. Some of you still aren't going to group but some of you will join a small group and the night of the small group some of you are like oh should we go or not you know like I have to talk to people right oh, I don't know if I want to go and then you get there and there's some like chit chats you know and it's just like shooting the breeze and then there's that awkward moment it's like uh, should we start should we not start how do we get that person to shut up so we can start you know I mean it's what happens in every small group it's always one and then there's probably somebody there thinking, you know, I thought there'd be better snacks in this small group than there was. You know, maybe I need to join another one. Who's got the best snacks? You know, and then there's lots of talking. But eventually, and some small groups, it happens quicker than others. But eventually, you start to talk scripture. And you start to talk about Jesus. And this is what will happen. When you talk about Jesus... With the people of Jesus, Jesus will show up.
Let's bow our heads in prayer. Joy, your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning. Just very quickly before we close, I want to pray with you. And as I pray with you this morning, some of you, it's been a while since you've talked about God. You've talked about Jesus. Talk about the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, we can talk about sport all day. Talk about politics for a little bit. You can talk about friends and family and vacation and the school day or the day, how's your day been. But that doesn't change your life. It's just information. Just a way to converse. But let me tell you, when you start to talk about God and talk about Jesus and talk about the scriptures of Jesus, and the scriptures that have been inscribed in this book we call the Bible. And we start talking about the incredible kingdom of God. And we start talking about eternity. And we start talking about heaven. And we start talking about salvation. And we start talking about the love of Jesus. And we start talking about having the joy of the Holy Spirit and the joy of our salvation. We start talking about the peace of God. And we start talking about the glorious hope that there is in Jesus Christ. And that Jesus Christ is coming again. And we start talking about all the wonderful things that God has done in our lives and through our lives. This is what happens. Jesus shows up. And when Jesus shows up, incredible things happen. And so this morning, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you will find some people, whether it's in a small group, whether it's just over coffee with some friends, that you will find some people that you will be able to talk about the things of God. For when you start talking, you'll start to inhale the breath of the Almighty that Job says gives me life. And you'll start to find new life within you. And so, Father God, this morning, we thank you for the life that there is in the Scriptures. Jesus, even you said that mouth shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And this morning, God, we pray, Lord, that we will start to be able to talk with one another. Not just about politics or sports or how our day went. But we will start to talk about the things of Jesus. For we know, God, that when we do that, you turn up. And when you turn up, we receive life. We start to inhale the breath of the Almighty. And so this morning, God, we pray that you will help us. Help us to find a friend. Help us to find a small group. Help us to, 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 to find people that we can not just share life with, but we can converse with. That we'll be like Jesus at 12 years old, listening, asking questions. So this morning, God, we pray that as a church, we will learn how to breathe by talking scripture. We pray for our small groups this week. As they begin, Father, we pray that your presence will be there. God, that as our people start talking with one another, that you will show up. And when you show up, we know incredible things happen. So, Father, we pray that we will hear wonderful stories. 
of the amazing things that you're doing through our groups. We ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.